From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Budget Tracker Extra podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress spends your money. A government shutdown has been averted, at least for the next two weeks, but congressional leaders appear no closer to reaching agreement on a final spending package for the fiscal year that began last October. So where do we go from here? I'm David Lerman, editor of the CQ Budget Tracker newsletter, and with me today is Jennifer Schutt and Kelly Madrich, who both cover the appropriations process for CQ. Kelly, Jen, thanks for being here. Good to be here, David. Thanks for having me. So here we are with just two weeks until Christmas, and the government still doesn't have funding for the fiscal year that began last fall. The last stopgap funding package was good through last Friday, and with just one day to spare, we saw the House and Senate vote last week to extend current funding until December 22nd. That means Congress will be brushing up against the Christmas holiday to get another funding deal in place. Kelly, so what's the game plan here? Where do we go from here now? I think that, um, you know, the big problem with the year-end spending right now is that tax a tax overhaul is basically running right into the spending debate. And so Republicans wanting to keep the interest and the political energy toward overhauling the tax code are kind of just putting spending on the back burner. But again, the year-end spending bill is a time where uh, lawmakers jockey for different types of issues, and it's really the last train leaving the station in Congress at the end of the year. And so I get the sense that this December 22nd CR, which just passed— CR um, is the continuing resolution. Yeah, the, the stopgap. Yeah, I, I get the sense that they made it two weeks so that they can come back and have room for another year-end spending battle before they go home for Christmas. Now, that's widely expected to be another stopgap into the year, but it gives more time for lawmakers to speak on spending when maybe they're done with taxes. Well, yeah. The, now, the Speaker, Paul Ryan, has said that the next two weeks, I mean, they can't get a final spending deal in place, right? Yeah, exactly what Kelly said. The next two weeks are going to be primarily devoted to the tax overhaul conference committee and making sure that the GOP tax bill complies with the reconciliation instructions and that it could get the votes necessary in the House as well as the Senate in order to be sent to President Trump's desk before Christmas. That is going to draw a lot of the oxygen away from discussions about how to set new fiscal 2018 and possibly fiscal 2019 spending caps. So we know from what Speaker Ryan has said that this is just going to the third. This will be a third stopgap spending bill that keeps the government funded past December 22nd. So right now, the main negotiations that will have to take place alongside the tax bill negotiations are about how long that legislation will last, most likely late January. There's also discussions about what will go along with that spending bill. We know there's a third disaster aid bill that's extremely important to the Texas and Florida delegations, as well as Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. A large swath of California is once again struggling with very bad wildfires. And so getting that disaster aid bill correct so that those congressional delegations are on board, it's going to be really important. So that, I, could, be, that could be part of this next stop. I gap. would expect that disaster bill to move with that next stopgap. And then in addition to that, there's still negotiations going on about the children's health insurance program and how to possibly renew that in a bipartisan way. That could be a bit of a heavier lift and a bit more complicated than the disaster aid bill. So we'll see if they can get that all done in just two weeks, which is a lot for Congress. 
And so that would be another stopgap taking us into January at that point. Correct. The third That would be the third stopgap for fiscal 2018, which began back on October 1st. I think it's important to note that the stopgap negotiations that are going to happen to extend government funding past the 22nd, conservatives in the House are pushing, especially um, House Armed Services Chairman Mac Thornberry, I've heard is supportive of this idea of taking a full fiscal 2018 defense appropriations bill, adding a CR, adding disaster package, somehow modifying budget law to allow defense spending to increase over the caps that are in law that Republicans and Democrats agree are too low. The problem with this idea is it's dead on arrival in the Senate. But I think that you're going to see something, whether that becomes the package that the House sends to the Senate to extend government funding past the 22nd, it's not clear. But that talk of trying to increase defense spending while keeping non-defense spending level kind of underscores a broader fight among Republican and Democratic leadership about whether or not the fiscal 2018 spending caps will have so-called parity between defense and non-defense spending for programs. So we're jumping ahead here, but I mean, this this push for a a full year's worth of defense spending while doing another stopgap for the rest of government is based on this concern of the defense defense hawks in Congress that the military just can't operate under these stopgaps for very long, right? Yeah, yeah, and this is not a popular opinion with the appropriators of the other 11 subcommittees that have done a significant amount of work on their bills throughout the year, hearings and markups. We heard from Military Construction and VA Subcommittee Chairman Charlie Dent on the House side that he thinks all 12 spending bills need to be passed into law. He doesn't think it is appropriate to just have the defense bill because military construction and the VA are huge issues as well as every other one of the 12 spending bills. And on the whole idea of adding a defense number without a non-defense number and then just the defense bill to the CR package, he said that that is essentially a case of Senate denial. And his expectation, if the House were to do something like that, is that when it gets to the Senate, they just remove the defense bill and then send it back to the House. And we once again have a CR with maybe a disaster aid bill and possibly one or two other provisions. Right. And Kelly, the the reason it's dead in the Senate is the the Democrats would never go for a full-year defense without the rest of government tagging along, right? Yeah, it's just another reiteration of the kind of talking at opposite ends that's going on between Republicans and Democrats on discretionary spending right now. The Republicans again and again and again say, look, the fiscal 2017 negotiations prove that Democrats cannot get equal increases in non-defense spending for equal increases in defense spending. And, you know, to the point where House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi came out at her weekly press conference and said, look, you can't tell us 54 billion, 37 billion, um, 54 billion for defense, 37 billion for non-defense. You can't offer that and call it parity. So she just threw some of the numbers that are being negotiated out um, to the public, which was kind of an unusual moment, but it underscores just how kind of divisive this parity issue um, is getting between the two parties and and how um, unresolved it is going into the next spending negotiation two weeks from now. There's been no detail re- really from either side as to how they're going to broach that gap. And, so. Jen, and Jen, that's what's held up appropriations all year, right? I mean, it's, it's this fight over how much of an increase should defense versus non-defense get. 
Right. So we had the House Appropriations Committee mark up all 12 of its spending bills earlier this year. All 12 of those were passed across the House floor. But those were to spending levels that would violate the Budget Control Act, which is what sets these spending caps. And so those bills were essentially dead on arrival in the Senate. The Senate Appropriations Committee marked up eight of its 12 bills, but none of those bills have gone to the floor because those are written up to fiscal 2017 levels. So there's an understanding amongst appropriators and leadership and most rank-and-file lawmakers who understand this process that these bills will have to change significantly before they can actually be made into law. And in order to change these bills, we need those top-line numbers that are going to come out of these negotiations between congressional leadership and the White House. And that gets to this whole issue of needing a new bipartisan budget deal that's going to raise these spending caps that are in law now that everybody thinks are too stringent. We saw the big White House meeting actually happen last week. Trump sat, President Trump sat down with congressional leaders of both parties. It took a while to get there, but they finally made it there the other day. Uh, any progress on actually agreeing to new spending limits, I Kelly? Think, I think it's important to uh, just draw attention to the fact that President Donald Trump is approaching spending negotiations in such a different way than um, you know his predecessor did. A day before he meets uh, to discuss spending caps with Republicans and Democrats in Congress. At the top of a cabinet meeting, he says that Democrats are trying to shut down the government. And I mean, these are the kinds of just quips that come out of nowhere. But it really injects a kind of level of uncertainty into the negotiation where it's almost like there's two uh, spending negotiations going on. There's the public one that's, uh, you know, flipping new headlines and chirons onto cable news. And then there's the real negotiations going on behind the scenes where legislative affairs uh, staffer Mark Short is on the Capitol all the time talking with staff. Um, so it just leaves all of us out here kind of wondering what is really going on and who's really threatening to shut down the government. But I couldn't help note at the big White House meeting that Trump began the meeting by saying they're all very friendly, well-unified group now. Yeah, and that was definitely emphasized between both the parties after this big fallout a couple weeks before. And Jen, even though they finally sat down and talked, we still don't have evidence that, that either side is willing to uh, to reach any, any agreement yet to resolve this parity issue versus how much for defense and non-defense. Right. Some other Capitol Hill reporters and myself waited for Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer to return from the White House after that meeting. Uh, Leader McConnell had a few comments, and he said that everyone agreed to keep going. But when asked if the meeting got them any closer to caps, he said that it, he didn't really think it got them any closer to caps. And of course, when Chuck Schumer came back into the Capitol, he just told us all to wait for a statement, which he and House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi put out later on saying that, you know, conversations are ongoing. But it seems like this White House meeting really didn't get us much closer to spending cap negotiations. It sounds like those might have to happen, like Kelly was saying, more behind the scenes, more at the sort of policy staff level. Which explains why we're not going to see a final spending package come together before Christmas 
and why we're looking at another stopgap to extend funding into January, right? I was kind of taken aback, actually, that uh, House Speaker Paul Ryan didn't even keep up the pretension that there might be a year-end wrap-up. Usually around this time of year, those who are in control of Congress will will at least give some lip service to the idea that at the end of the year, we could maybe get something done. But he just totally panned the idea and said, no, we're not going to have time to do that until after the year, leaving, um, you know, Representative Nita Lowey of New York, Neil of New York, you know, upset when she heard that the Speaker said this, the top Democrat on the House Appropriations Committee, she told me, look, we could put this together in two weeks if the speaker wanted to. And so, you know, that's not really helping uh, foster a, a sense of cooperation between the parties either on spending. So it's called a reckoning with reality now as we as we approach Christmas. <laughs> so we've got an uncertain and chaotic two weeks ahead of us as congressional leaders try to come up with an end game on appropriations, even while completing their work on a tax code overhaul. And CQ will be covering it all for you, as always. My thanks to Jennifer Shutt and Kelly Madrich, our intrepid appropriations reporters on CQ team, for joining me. Thanks, thanks for lot. having me. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your Budget Tracker editor. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and NPR One. And for more on this subject and other stories, visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at Roll Call. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>